Would you join with me in prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in all our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength, our song, and our salvation. Amen. So let's start with this. Endings are hard. Even when we're excited about the new thing on the other side, moving to a new house, or the change from being a couple to parents, a long-awaited retirement, or getting a new pastor. Letting go of what is for what will be takes work. Some of us, myself included, have an especially difficult time ending things. I have buckets of partially filled sewing projects to attest to this. I'm also a P on the Myers-Briggs scale, and while technically that P stands for perceiving, I've heard it more accurately described as standing for piles, procrastination, and possibilities. <laughs> I really, really don't like endings. I once wrote a resignation letter to a church that I served. Before sending it to the congregation, I gave it to the senior pastor to look over. And he said, this is fine, Caroline, but you never actually say you're leaving in here. <laughs> Endings, even the most anticipated ones, cause us to take stock. It's hard work to look deeply at where we've been, what we've done, and to confront all the things we should have done, could have done, wanted to do, shouldn't have done, or have left undone. A vital part of the work of ending anything is letting go of the business that remains unfinished. And there will always be unfinished business. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. That unfinishedness is, in fact, a sign of God's grace. We were created, the account in Genesis tells us, with a specific purpose, a goal, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and watch over it, which itself is a never-ending task. We were also created according to this same account in direct relationship to God the Creator. In that first creator, creation story, people are the only creatures to whom God speaks directly, saying, I have given you this earth for your sustenance. And God gives only humans the, a task in relation to the rest of creation. Fill the earth, watch over it, steward it well, take care of it. So these two aspects of our creation, that we were given a purpose and that we were created in relationship to God, are necessarily related. We were created to create, to strive, to seek completion, fulfillment, wholeness, shalom, in our own lives, and in the relationship to the life of the world. This yearning for wholeness 
is the imprint of God's image on us, which means that our very unfinishedness is God's gift to us. The autocorrect on my iPad as I was typing that actually wrote, our very unfinished mess is God's gift to us. (laughs) And I guess that's true too. It is God yearning for us to yearn for God. St. Augustine wrote, you have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Our Jewish siblings have a tradition of reading through the entire Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy each year in a cycle. And annually, their final reading is the passage from Deuteronomy that Rick read for us earlier. So year after year after year, Moses gets his people through 40 years in the wilderness and finally arrives at the edge of the promised land and gets to see it even, but never actually reaches it. And then next week, once again, the story of creation resumes from the beginning. And these two texts in repeated juxtaposition Creation and ending, work begun, and the completion of that work only seen from afar. They remind us that God's creation is always moving forward to a promised land that is both within our sight and beyond our reach. That God's presence is found as much or even more in the journey as it is in the destination. And that endings always give way to new beginnings. It is always about trusting God to keep working both with what we have done and with what we have left undone. Significant endings and transitions are often so difficult because they bring us face to face with the reality that no matter what we have achieved, we have not reached our ultimate goal of fulfillment or completion or perfection. Our unfinished business stares us right in the face. Back when I started here, I began a to-do list. (laughs) And I kept this poster right in the office next to where I worked. And though some of the post-it notes got a check mark and moved off the poster eventually. More notes kept being added. There kept being more to do. And I did not complete all that I had hoped or dreamed or planned in my time as pastor and chaplain here. But such times of conclusion also allow us the chance to recognize that God has other hopes and dreams and plans ahead. And maybe perfection isn't what we should be striving for in the first place. In a recent article by contemporary theologian Brian McLaren, he writes that our typical understanding of perfection, completion, comes from Greek philosophy rather than from Jesus' teaching. And in Greek, perfection is static, unchangeable, 
immovable, absolute, incapable of transition. And we've been taught to conceive of God with that lens of perfection. But McLaren writes that as he read through the first creation story in Genesis, he realized that the universe described there didn't fit with Greek philosophy. The universe fashioned by the word and created of creative character of God was not immovable, absolute, or incapable of change. And it was not, therefore, in the Greek sense, perfect. Creation was rather, in the Hebrew poetry of Genesis 1, in process. It started simple and grew more complex. It started in chaos and order took shape. It started without life and life sprang forth and multiplied. It kept going as it was designed to do, deliberately open-ended, and God kept calling it good. In other words, McLaren wrote, Greek perfect is static, but Hebrew good is dynamic. Greek perfect is sterile and changeless, but Hebrew good is fertile and fruitful. And it became clear that Hebrew good is better than Greek perfect. As I read McLaren's article, I couldn't help thinking of the words of our pilgrim ancestors as they set out for a new land. The Lord has yet more light and truth to break forth from God's holy word. And that thought is echoed by the more recent UCC logo of the comma, which I have tattooed on my ankle, and the words that go with it. Never put a period where God has placed a comma. God is still speaking. Our unfinished business impels us to keep listening and to keep being part of the good that continues to unfold. So as we face this new time of transition and the unfinished business it reveals to us, let me conclude, let me end with three thoughts. First, let us remember that we are by nature unfinished, seeking completion, and that's a good thing. And it means we're not our alone in our perhaps unanxious feelings about transition. You're not the only one awake at 3 a.m., and my journal isn't the only one filled with questions about what the future holds. There are others everywhere we turn who are equally searching and restless. That's built into our nature. So let us take comfort in this community of fellow restless souls and reach out to strengthen one another. And second, while we are by nature unfinished, we can and do finish things both large and small every day. Dinners get made daily. Each week we have a beautiful printed bulletin in our hands for worship. The search committee finds us a new pastor. Improved gun safety regulations do get passed. And the to-do list gradually becomes an entire poster 
of Tadas. The Genesis creation account does not describe God agonizing about what didn't get done each day. Instead, at the completion of each separate part, God looks at what has been done and says, that's good. So why shouldn't we do the same? The Olympic runner Eric Liddell said in Chariots of Fire, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And that had nothing to do with winning a medal or even finishing a race. He experienced joy in the running itself. So let us take joy in our doings and accomplishments, yes, but also in the simple experience of our being and feel God's pleasure in us. And third, our feelings of unfinishedness in one place are often a spur into the next. Or in more colloquial terms, we learn from our mistakes. Endings in our life and work, no matter what feels or is left undone, create doorways for beginnings. Graduations are always commencements. So let us take hope in the knowledge that there are new invitations ahead to create, to listen for where God's call will take us next, and to work toward not only our hopes and dreams, but toward God's hopes and dreams for us as well. And so we return to where we started. Endings are hard. But what makes for a good ending is doing what we can, being grateful for what has been, and turning over the rest to God. With the image of the yearning creator, ever-renewing God imprinted on our very natures, let us take comfort, let us take joy, and let us take hope in being. Amen.